H.E. News, episode number 14. You're listening to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Ralph Woodruff. This week, everything you wanted to know about vitamin C. Welcome back to Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. We're here in Vancouver. My name is Andrew McGivern, and how are you doing, Croft? Very well, thank you, Andrew. And today we're going to talk about vitamin C. Yes, and of course the propaganda that's going out there that uh, you can uh, take too many vitamins and they can be dangerous long-term intake of high doses of vitamins are now considered to be dangerous without any uh, really good evidence to support such claims. The latest thing I hear is that uh, in the United Kingdom, they want to lower the recommended levels of vitamin C. And this is flying in the face of headlines in UK Telegraph or the uh, the Independent, the, the Sunday Times, that in fact, they're seeing scurvy among children. They're not getting enough vitamin C. And of course, I can put this down to government not stepping in and saying, well, just wait a minute, uh, what's going on here? Who who profits by uh, people being sick, suffering from scurvy? Well, certainly uh, the pharmaceutical industry, but they have the patented drugs, which in fact aren't, aren't the answer for scurvy anyways. It's vitamin C and its cofactors, the, the bioflavonoids and for this to go on, it's, uh, it sounds to me almost like it would be a conspiracy. You can go to Geneva and the uh, World Health Organization uh, and the Codex Alimentarius. The Codex Alimentarius is the, the food code. And they're making suggestions that reduce the levels of vitamin C in foods as far as food fortification is concerned or labeling. They want to cut vitamin C from, say, 60 milligrams to uh, 45 milligrams, and the 60 milligrams is already too low. Uh, We have seen cases of scurvy in the inner cities of major, you know, major inner cities, and uh, like even Vancouver, where you can go into uh, their notorious downtown east side, and and you'll, you'll see people just by looking at their skin, they have these bruises under the skin, which are clear signs of subclinical scurvy more susceptibility to infections and colds. And, of course, the evidence is there. I mean, all you have to do is uh, punch in vitamin C, and you'll get websites, and there are all kinds of powerful books on the value of vitamin C in so many things as an antiviral, as an anti-infective, as an immune booster, as a healing agent. You have to have vitamin C to heal wounds, Uh, Of course, it isn't just vitamin C. You need minerals like zinc, for instance, very important. But they're trying to tell us that dangerous to take vitamins, that we're going to get sick. This is totally absurd. And the other thing that I'm very concerned about is that this kind of nonsense is allowed allowed to build. You're going to see governments severely reducing the the potency of vitamins available over the counter, whether it is in health food stores or in pharmacies. This is simply not right. Uh, they're taking people's right to self-medicate away from them. Dr. Linus Pauling, he wrote a book on vitamin C, and he did a lot of his work on 
how vitamin C is a cancer fighter, a immune system booster. But in terms of vitamin C from our, our diet, I think these, these warnings that you're talking about, they're talking about supplementing high doses of vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Is that a, a problem? Well, people have taken tremendous amounts of vitamin C without any harm whatsoever. Uh, and, of course, uh, you can only handle so much. It will go through you like the proverbial dose of salts that has a powerful laxative effect if you take very high doses. Uh, you, uh, your body, from the gut, will only absorb so much. And so it's self-limiting by that very factor. And, of course, it's uh, nature's way of telling you that you've, uh, you can stay at a certain level below that where it doesn't have a laxative effect. And that's probably the level that your body really needs. We have seen cases, and when I say we, I'm talking about people in orthomolecular uh, nutrition. Uh, We're not talking just about uh, naturopathic physicians, but also medical doctors who are uh, in the field of vitamin research and the use of vitamins in preventing disease as well as treating disease and healing disease. And yes, it has been used successfully in the treatment of cancer, Uh, Vitamin C actually can act as a pain reliever. It has made a big difference for people who uh, have had snake bites, for instance, spider bites, uh, and uh, that sort of thing, Uh, blood poisoning. Vitamin C is a powerful antidote to many of these things. It's not 100% because there are some uh, venomous uh, snakes that you have to have a special antidote for, but... And like the water moccasin uh, in uh, the United States, uh, high doses of vitamin C will uh, neutralize the snake venom. And it can be, vitamin C can be put into the, uh, into the vein, intravenously. It can be done that way to neutralize a snake venom or a spider bite uh, or taken orally. It all depends on the situation and how serious it is. We've seen cases where people have, their lungs are literally disintegrating because of, uh, of a viral pneumonia, and an IV of vitamin C uh, over a period of three hours, but administered over four or five days makes a big difference. We've seen it successfully used in uh, treating um, uh, such conditions as uh, mononucleosis, the so-called kissing disease, which can have a very powerful effect of laying a person low in terms of like chronic fatigue. They can't get up and do anything, and yet just uh, an IV of vitamin C and probably getting maybe about 75 grams in the push or more. And guess what? They're out of the chair and feeling like a million dollars. But they usually have to have about three or four treatments in total before the uh, virus is totally eradicated. You have a situation where people, and this, now this goes back about maybe 30 years Uh, where there was a doctor in Southern California, and he spoke at a lecture that I attended, and he was pointing out drug addicts, people, in those days it was a $300 a day uh, heroin addict, and uh, 200 uh, grams of vitamin C administered intravenously completely knock out the addiction and and the the, the withdrawal symptoms. And, of course, uh, we know that, for instance... Uh, in the drug culture that we have today and uh, the, the way medicine treats uh, heroin addiction is to get them off of heroin and put them on uh, this other drug. Methadone? Methadone, yes. And uh, the methadone is the, actually more addicting and, and the addicts really don't like it anyways. So uh, they're caught, be, you know, 
between a rock and a hard place when it comes to trying to, to get off a habit. Amazingly, there's so many things out there that occur in natural medicine that need to be looked at again. And it's out there. People can do searches on these things on the Internet and find all kinds of valuable information. Information, obviously, that the drug establishment really doesn't want us to know. What about people who say that you know they don't supplement with vitamin C because they they believe they're getting it in their diet through orange juice or vegetables and fruits? Well, that all depends on how they prepare their their food. If they cook their food and if they boil everything, uh, we know that the minerals and and vitamins will that are water soluble, as is vitamin C and the B vitamins. They will come out, and the the draining of the cooked vegetables. It turns out that the sink becomes the best fed mouth in the house, uh, because all the good has gone out with the uh, with the the liquid that the the uh, vegetables were prepared in. That's why the best way is when you make soup. Everything is there, and it doesn't get thrown out. And uh, that's the best way. If you're going to cook all your vegetables, then uh, make soup, and you can do many things with soup to make it tasty and delicious. And, you know, they say the best thing for a fever is uh, you feed the fever by keeping the patient warm uh, and uh, well hydrated. That means lots of fluids and especially chicken soup, but it could be any vegetable soup flavored with or without chicken. And, uh, and of course, you've got to keep the forehead cool and the back of the head cool so that the brain remains cool. And uh, that's what you do. You starve a cold and you feed a fever. And, uh, and of course, lots of vitamin C will take out a fever as well. Uh, you know, I have a, a friend who stays with me right now, and he says, he, he says, I never see you sick. You know, and I'm a person in my middle 70s now, and uh, there's times that I will catch the odd cold, but it's the kind of cold that I get rid of it within a matter of uh, 8 to 24 hours max. And why? Because I take vitamin C, and I take other vitamins that have antiviral activity. Zinc is a powerful antiviral agent. Is it true that citrus fruit or other vegetable or other other fruits need to be ripened on the vine in order to have the maximum amount of vitamin C? The maximum amount of vitamin C uh, will be in the orange or the grapefruit or the lemon or lime the time it is uh, taken from the tree. And after that, it will deteriorate. And, uh, and Dr. Emanuel Cheraskin and his colleagues at the Department of Oral Medicine, University of Alabama, uh, they, they traced oranges uh, from uh, Florida all the way to St. John's, Newfoundland. And at every port of call, you might say, they'd take samples of the, uh, of the fruit and test it for vitamin C content. And they find that by the time the fruit got to some place like New York City, 50% of it was gone. Now, an orange, a medium-sized orange, maximum vitamin C count could be about 150 milligrams. So in, by the time it reaches New York City, maybe 75 milligrams or even 50 milligrams. But by the time it gets to St. John's, Newfoundland, it's zero content, very low. And um, so you think... There are things in the orange that are still valuable, like the bioflavonoids, uh, because they, uh, they are in the, in the fiber and uh, uh, in, the, in the white part of the peel and in the membrane. And uh, so they still have uh, antiscorbutic activity, but 
their activity is even more potent when the vitamin C is present. So if you're juicing, you should juice the, the white stuff as well. Yeah, actually you should. And, but don't forget, you're introducing oxygen. So my formula is this, is to get yourself you know, a kilogram of uh, pure ascorbic acid. And when you're making fruit juice, you know, take about a quarter of a teaspoon and per glass and put, mix it in. And, and if it's too acidic for you, you can, before you put it in, cut it with a little bit of uh, baking soda. It'll fizz up, and then once it fizzes down, then you just add it. And the ratio, usually I, for a large amount, about a um, flat, uh, a level tablespoon, uh, I'm sorry, a level teaspoon, really, uh, of baking soda to a very heaping teaspoon of ascorbic acid crystals or powder. And, and you put that in about, well, 500 milliliter tumbler, and you better have some, maybe a larger pitcher aside because you may have a big foam over and you don't want to lose that. And once it's settled down, it'll have a bit of a, a soda-like taste, but it is a very potent way to get your vitamin C. And you benefit, by the way, from the, from the, the soda as well, from the, from the salt, because it helps to uh, give you a better pH balance uh, in your body than it would have otherwise. So that's what you do. You take it with, uh, with sodium bicarbonate. I, I cut the yeah bicarbonate soda or baking soda, good old Arm and Hammer, and and I cut it. And you can adjust the amount of baking soda to suit your taste. And uh, the 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 more you add, of course, uh, there's probably less of a reaction. I think maybe the ratio I have, I get quite a bit of foaming, but uh, that's all right. I just stir it until it goes down, and add more water and mix it up, and then so take you, it down. So you take one teaspoon. One heaping teaspoon of vitamin C. Which would be about five grams? A heaping teaspoon might be more like about six or seven grams. And, and a f- level teaspoon of baking soda. And I haven't really figured out. I just do it by guess and by gosh. And it, it works for me. And people can adjust these things to their, suit their own taste. But the important thing is to make sure that they get far more vitamin C than they do the baking soda. The vitamin C supplement that I currently have is uh, buffered vitamin C powder from Life Extension, Mm -hmm. and it's vitamin C as absorbic acid, 4,000 milligrams per per teaspoon, rounded teaspoon. It also has calcium as calcium calcium carbonate, uh, magnesium carbonate, uh, zinc gluconate, and potassium carbonate. When you add water to it and mix it up, it, it, it foams. It foams just like you're mentioning with the sodium bicarbonate. Yeah, because what's happened is that instead of giving you uh, already, you know, calcium, ca- calcium, magnesium, zinc, and potassium ascorbate, they're letting the reaction take place uh, in your glass of water at home, where some places uh, or some pharmacies will have it. You'll, you can buy uh, ascorbates like that, but they're already fixed and they won't foam. Uh, but it's every bit as good because you're getting the minerals. And the minerals are everything because your vitamins don't work unless you get the minerals. And uh, that's very important to know. And that's why uh, organic farming is so important because when they feed the soil with the minerals and, uh, and of course, the organic material so that uh, you have an ecology that's working for you, then you're going to have a, a crop of vegetables that will be uh, packed with uh, the nutrition that your body needs. And this is something that's very important because it's my opinion that there's definitely a move on by pharmaceutical industry. They want to play both sides of the street. Uh, They want the drug business, but they also want the vitamin business. But they know very well that the vitamin business will cut into 
uh, the drug business because drugs, what do they do? They just uh, suppress symptoms. They hide the problem. They don't get at the problem. There is no drug that causes a disease, the lack of which would cause a deficiency disease, in other words. We know that a lack of vitamin C causes scurvy and slow healing and, and susceptibility to easy bruising where your blood vessels under the surface of the skin are, are breaking because they're, they're fragile. They haven't got the strength for the lack of vitamin C. And we have to remember, human beings do not make their own vitamin C. The, the ape family, is, they don't make their own vitamin C. And there's a species of fruit-eating bat. Uh, there is a species of fish that doesn't make its own vitamin C. Uh, basically, vitamin C in animals is a metabolite of liver function. Uh, the liver carries one more step from converting uh, sugar to glucose the, to uh, ascorbic acid or ascorbate. And without that, we are in dire straits if we're not getting it from our food sources. And that's the big problem today because of food processing uh, vitamin C gets processed out. It can be destroyed by overcooking and other improper methods of uh, food preparation. It will oxidize in the air. Uh, it will um, be susceptible to uh, toxins in the environment, and these, it gets used up, which in turn increases our need for vitamin C because if we're inhaling pollutants into our lungs and uh, if we are absorbing some things through our skin, and if we're getting it uh, through uh, the water supply, I mean, one of the most absurd things is this business of uh, water fluoridation because fluoride is a potent vitamin C antagonist. Uh, it is a very potent calcium as well as an antagonist to other minerals besides calcium. And uh, whenever I see some athlete suffering from or coming down with uh, osteosarcoma, there is a definite link with this form of bone cancer and long-term fluoride exposure. And as far as I'm concerned, the people who promote fluoridation and they refuse to recognize this fact, uh, they are just as criminal as uh, our leaders who advocate the bombing of villages in Afghanistan or Pakistan. That's the way I look at it. Uh, and we are polluting our water. Chlorine is another antagonist to uh, vitamin C and increases our need. And so the best thing you can do actually uh, uh, is cut your drinking water with a bit of baking soda even. Or use a, use a filter. Or and filter it out as your best bet is either by reverse osmosis or a type of filter that uh, is designed to take out fluoride, chlorine, and other pollutants. Because, you know, and of course, the same thing we should be after industry. Less emissions means pure air to drink, to breathe rather, and pure water to drink. And we don't have to spend so much money on purification systems as we do now. But I digress. Getting back to vitamin C. So it is a metabolite of liver function. And the things that we do to our environment are very destructive of vitamin C. It increases our needs. So it, we have to supplement and for some people to say that, that it's, uh, we shouldn't be supplementing, we don't need a supplement, and we have, as I said, the Codex Alimentarius, the food code, uh, through the World Health Organization telling us that uh, we should reduce the intake of vitamin C from 60 milligrams uh, to 45 milligrams. This is insane. 
and they're they're doing the same thing with other uh, vitamins and minerals as well. And uh, who who are they really working for? Uh, this is the latest thing that happened in November in Geneva, completely in my mind destroys the credibility of a Codex Alimentarius and the World Health Organization itself. Well, Linus Pauling, he doesn't he believe that it's a a defect. Yeah, well, it's, it's something that uh, the primates, and of course we are, I guess, the, the greater of the, the primates, although I sometimes wonder. I think gorillas have more brains than what we have, but uh, that's uh, an issue for another part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bottom line is, is that, yeah, for some time ago, uh, thousands of years ago, we lost the ability to uh, convert blood sugar into vitamin C. Basically, that's what the liver does. And of course... It has been put down to the fact that we evolved out of tropical climates like Africa. In fact, they can say that they trace the origins of mankind from deepest and darkest Africa. Well, that's got to be tens of thousands of years ago, if not hundreds of thousands of years ago. And living in an environment where vitamin C is just for picking off a, a vine, regardless of what kind of fruit or berry it might be, uh, you know, and then, of course... Gorillas tend to be vegetarians, you know, and it is calculated that, that a, a gorilla needs uh, probably around uh, 10 uh, grams or more of vitamin C. Uh, certainly with the chimpanzee, they, they figure at least a uh, monkey chow should have at least uh, 9 grams per, per, uh, for, per serving uh, for daily ration for a chimpanzee. And, you know, a chimpanzee, a lot of people, oh, they see these people packing a chimpanzee around like a baby, you know, it's like a little kid. A chimpanzee uh, can reach a weight of 200 pounds, and they have the strength that is much greater than a very strong human being, uh, several times stronger than, than a real strong man. So that's something to think about. And not only that, they can not only hang on to you with their hands, but also with their feet, so look out. <laughs> so we have yeah. to think about these things, you know, and... Uh, uh, I, I've uh, even with animals like you know cats and dogs make their own vitamin C, but uh, not so well perhaps as uh, say a goat or a cow or a deer or a mouse or a rat, and that's where they have the advantage, and and that's where we make a mistake when we use these animals in experiments. Uh, to say, oh, well, uh, too much of this or too much of that can cause a problem, especially when it's too much vitamins. Well, I've seen animals literally brought back to life just by injections of vitamin C alone. And when I look at uh, the uh, people feeding their, their, their pets canned food, there, there are no enzymes. And vitamin C is an enzyme activator as are minerals. And, you know, we have an epidemic of pancreatic cancer. Why? The pancreas produce enzymes that we need for various metabolic functions as well as digesting and absorbing and assimilating and utilizing our nutrients. And, of course, you have a limited ability to produce uh, these enzymes, and, and it's even more limited when uh, the food that we're intaking is not conducive to producing enzymes because of its lack of enzyme activity. Cooked food is dead food, and that's why a raw food diet can be very useful in helping a person to heal. Getting back to vitamin C, uh, as I pointed out, that we fluoridate, which is a vitamin C antagonist as well as a calcium antagonist. And I say this, just check out when you see an athlete who's got osteosarcoma. Where were they born? Where were they raised? 
And if you're able to find out where they prescribed vitamin, or rather where they prescribed fluoride drops or tablets by the family doctor in the belief that it would give good dental health. Why, why do you say athlete? Well, you- uh, because they're the ones that generally seem to come down with osteosarcoma. It's just that a well-known Canadian athlete came down, uh, he had already had a bout of osteosarcoma and, uh, and it came back with a vengeance. Vitamin C is an anti-stress vitamin. One of the highest sites of vitamin C in your body besides the liver and the eyes, believe it or not, is your adrenal glands. And of course, the kidney. Dr. Cheraskin makes note of the fact that a person who has, whose kidneys had shut down uh, was uh, given uh, vitamin C, just 1,000 milligrams, and the kidneys started working again. There's a very good book that people should get. It's out of print, but you might find it in the library. It's called The Vitamin C, Vitamin C Connection. And uh, there's another book by Dr. Uh, Joel Levy. And all you have to do is just punch in uh, vitamin C, and you will come to a website. You will find a website that lists all of Cheraskin and his colleagues' works at the University of Alabama Department of Oral Medicine, but also mentions this Dr. Levy and uh, Dr. Harvey Newbold, uh, the work of uh, Dr. Erwin Stone, who actually was the gentleman who got Dr. Linus Pauling interested in vitamin C. And, uh, and then, of course, there's the work of Dr. Albert Zentgiorgi, who got the Nobel Prize for uh, first uh, isolating and identifying uh, vitamin C, and so on. It's all there if people want to look. And that's the amazing thing about the Internet. There's so many things that you can find through the internet you know it's it's just uh, the whole world is an encyclopedia so whenever you hear anything out there that says oh uh, vit- uh, you know you, you take too many vitamins well i have a friend whose daughter married a doctor and she told my friend don't talk to me about vitamins uh, my my husband and his uh, family of doctors don't believe in vitamins well better believe in something but this Dr. Um, Cheraskin said many times that, the, that health is the fastest growing failing business in North America because it's our biggest cost, isn't it, in terms of the government's budget, whether it's provincial or federal or in the case of the U.S. state uh, budgets and that. It's by, far the, hmm? it's by far the biggest cost. That's right. And why? Uh, because uh, we're, we're, we have this uh, paradigm of allopathic medicine, where rather than finding out what causes the symptoms, we suppress them with the drugs. And, you know, uh, when the body gives you a symptom, it's telling you something. There's something wrong here. And if you go to a naturopath, they can say, well, maybe you need to take more of this vitamin or that vitamin or lacking in certain minerals. And, And you can do that by adjusting your diet. Because I think the time will come when we will not be able to buy vitamins of any significant potency unless you have to take the pills by handfuls just to get a 1,000 milligrams. And uh, so that means you're going to have to look to uh, yeast foods like terula yeast or burrage yeast and, uh, and nutritional yeast, which is grown on blackstrap molasses. And that is uh, one of the richest sources of B vitamins. That's how... The uh, the pharmaceutical industry actually gets their source for the B vitamins. Mostly, it's from uh, from yeast grown on uh, on the uh, on on blackstrap molasses, because uh, 
blackstrap molasses, that is the residual of the sugar industry. And so everything is in there, minerals and the B vitamins, and of course the yeast synthesizes and makes more B vitamins. Then you have the great work of Abe Hoffer and Humphrey Osmond and their work with B vitamins and mental illness. And uh, in his book, uh, Adventures in North Molecular Medicine, Dr. Hoffer mentions the experience he had with his uh, mother. She started losing her memory in her, uh, you know, in the, in the prime of her life, in her 60s. And what did he do? He gave her uh, three grams of niacin. And, of course, we see the same thing with vitamin C, curing scurvy. And, I mean, it, it's funny. It took the British Navy uh, almost uh, 200 years, I think, before they accepted the fact that it was a lack of fresh fruit and vegetables that was contributing to uh, uh, scurvy in the, in the British Navy. I guess the Germans didn't have so much problems because of their fondness of sauerkraut, which is rich in vitamin C. So uh, that's why they—that's uh, why they got the nickname Limeys. Uh, British got the nickname of Limeys, and the, the Germans got the nickname Kraut because of sauerkraut. And both, of course, uh, the, the limes are not only rich in the vitamin C but also the bioflavonoids, which are antiscorbutic in their own right. They, uh, so, and so whenever you see the fruit with the colors and that, the colors themselves are powerful factors, uh, cofactors for vitamin C activity and have activity on their own that are very healing. And this is very important why we should have raw food in our diet. And the, the more in ratio, the better we are. There are some things that may be not a good idea to eat raw because of uh, problems of contamination and, you know, uh, with hygienic standards not being what they should be. But uh, usually a good home cook will not ever have a problem with food poisoning. So scurvy is a deficiency disorder caused by lack of vitamin C? That is correct. But, but also slow healing, failure of wounds to close. Many, many years ago, there was a story of a woman that was released from a Winnipeg hospital. And she she took a shower when she got home, and she'd had an abdominal operation. And the stitching came away, and the wound opened right up, and her intestines came out. Why? Because in the hospital, she wasn't getting enough vitamin C for that wound to heal quickly and properly. One of the things that happens when you have scurvy, by the way, is old wounds, scars actually open up and start to bleed. Hmm. What about, so there, it's a deficiency disease, but what about people who are getting enough vitamin C but still uh, benefit from taking mega amounts of vitamin C? Like orthomolecular medicine is a, it treats people using natural molecules for a specific condition. Yeah, well, vitamin C will actually pinch hit for other vitamins that are missing in the diet. But that can only go for so so long. It might be for a f- couple of weeks. And it's important to uh, see that, uh, that they are getting a balanced diet of all the nutrients. And unfortunately, uh, with modern farming methods, we're looking now at you know genetic engineering, and things don't turn out exactly the way they think they're going to. Are there people that may have a, a mega requirement for vitamin C? It has turned that way with B vitamins. I think that we all have a mega requirement for vitamin C, regardless of where we are at uh, in the world. I mean, when you look at the uh, the Inuit, I mean, what do they eat? Basically, their diet is seal blubber and the meat, as one of the things they do eat is the liver. 
and the liver is very high in vitamin A, and they worry about vitamin A toxicity, but it's also very rich in vitamin C. Because again, in seals, as in whales, and polar bears, and other carnivores, as well as the caribou, the reindeer, that these native people rely on for, for their food supply, they make their own vitamin C, and it's a met- metabolite of liver function, and they eat the liver raw. So um, it's a considered a, a delicacy, and that's what keeps them going. I mean, because considering the harsh climate conditions that they live under, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing the human organism has the, the power to withstand an awful lot of stress and terrible environmental conditions and still come out of it. But a lot of it has to do with that willpower, I guess, that we all have. And, and of course, the diet is everything. So vitamin C, people should take every day, three to four grams? I would say a minimum of 1,000 milligrams a day. I'm being conservative because, again, I have come across people that couldn't tolerate much more than about 500 milligrams. And for some reason or another, uh, they were very efficient users of vitamin C. And so you have to find out for yourself what works best for you. And for myself, I find that I can tolerate fairly high doses. And usually if I take two heaping teaspoons of ascorbic acid and two flat, that is level, teaspoons of baking soda, I've got to put that in a pretty big jar. You know, that's going to be a couple of liters and so that once it foams down and uh, I've got it down to maybe uh, about a liter uh, or two of water mixed together. And then uh, I can take that down and it will have a very powerful laxative effect. That's far too much really to normally take. But somewhere between, um, I would say, from 500 to up to maybe 6,000 milligrams of vitamin C, so half a gram is 500 milligrams, so 6,000 milligrams is 6 grams. Now that could be 6 tablets, or again, a good heaping, you know, a reasonably, reasonable heaping teaspoon. Uh, a, a level teaspoon, I guess they say, is about 4 grams, according to the uh, information on your uh, life inst- extension vitamin C product there. Uh, because they're also got to allow for the, the minerals there, because they take up room too. And, and that's a good way to get your vitamin C buffered, and can take it down pretty easy, but everybody to his own taste. You can buy vitamin C powder as calcium ascorbate. You can also buy it as sodium ascorbate or just pure ascorbic acid. And then you can find products like your Life Extension product, which uh, gives you uh, the buffered C with minerals of potassium, calcium, magnesium, and zinc. The absorbic acid form is the lowest price. Yes, it's the cheapest. And, and uh, But uh, you can cut it, and baking soda is very cheap. Arm and Hammer, it's only a couple of dollars. And, uh, in, and your ratio is maybe about one-third uh, baking soda to two-thirds uh, vitamin C. You can adjust it maybe a quarter to three-quarters of vitamin C to suit your own taste. Is all vitamin C created equal in terms of brands? Would you recommend a particular uh, brand or would it? Well, it I have my favorite brands. Uh, but, I mean, if price is everything... Probably Cripps Pharmacy is one of the best places to get, uh, uh, you know, bulk vitamin C in whatever form you want. As ascorbic acid, uh, calcium ascorbate, or sodium ascorbate. And what about natural factors? 
Albie. Yes. Well, nice thing about Vinoshel factories, if you uh, buy it uh, by the bottle, you can get a nice uh, plastic bottle to carry 500 grams or, or a kilogram. And, uh, and a bottle like that, you don't throw it away because it can be used for storing other things like rice and other things that, you know, you want to store for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've been talking about vitamin C, and for those of you who didn't know much about vitamin C, that's a, that's a lot to absorb. Well, I do know this, that has made a big difference in, in my life and the life of many other people uh, who, and, and of course I know of people who are literally snatched back from the grave thanks to uh, vitamin C and the doctor who knew how to use it. Here's something we haven't talked about. My cousin was out from Ireland visiting two summers ago, and he had very, very bad allergies. He was taking a over-the-counter allergy medication, but he also had a inhaler because sometimes he had really bad allergies. And I gave him some of my vitamin C powder. Ah, practicing so- medicine without a license, were you? I suppose I was. <laughs> You know, although... Uh, but how many doctors would prescribe vitamin C in a case like that? I just said, this has worked for other people in the past, and try this out. And he has n- not taken... It's two years ago. Mm-hmm. He has not taken a allergy medication since. Uh, but in Ireland, it's very hard to find vitamin C. Yes. Uh, in large doses. It's very, very... Because yeah. it is a codex uh, country. Yeah, and uh, the only way you can get it in is uh, either by importing it yourself and as long as they don't, pardon me, stop it at the border. So he managed to find uh, some at a... It was actually at a, a little uh, carnival, a gyps- mm-hmm. gypsy carnival kind of place, mm-hmm. and he found some vitamin C powder that he's been purchasing He's been able to get it. Excellent. And uh, he hasn't had a problem since. Yeah. Well, vitamin C actually is a very potent antihistamine, and it is an antiallergen. It will neutralize allergens. That's a very important point that you raise, and uh, this is valuable information for anybody that has a problem with things like eczema can be an allergy response, you know, dermatitis and things like that. And, of course, you can have various conditions triggered by uh, some allergen Asthma can be triggered by some sensitivity to some chemical. And taking vitamin C can, is an antihistamine. It will neutralize these things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it makes a big difference uh, for somebody like uh, your cousin. And good on you. You did him a big favor and, and opened up maybe a whole new world of nutritional information. I hope he's getting this uh, over the Internet. I'm sure he does. I think we have lots of information that people need to have because... I think, unfortunately, the world situation is not going to get much better, and I think it's headed for a lot worse. And I see these restrictions coming from, again, you mentioned Ireland being a codex country, which means that they have to adhere to these stupid strictures where they're saying uh, less is better, so cut the amount of vitamin C by half in terms of recommended to cutting B vitamins uh, significantly cutting uh, important minerals like magnesium. Well, who are these people working for? Obviously not for, for mankind, that they would, they would uh, cut access to uh, important uh, nutritional factors. And that wraps it up for this week on Health Empowerment News. We've been talking about vitamin C, and if you have any questions for Croft, comments or suggestions about the show, you can leave them on our voicemail feedback line. That's 604-816-0356.
or if you're calling from the United States, we have a, a U.S. number, 415-251-3625. You can get a hold of me at andrew at foodsarenotdrugs.com. I'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you again next week. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Andrew. 